Women Taking the Lead, Episode 37. If it's not given to you, you have to figure it out. And you have to figure out how you're going to get housing. I'll figure out how you're going to make money. I'll figure out how you're going to write a book when you can't type. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. This episode is sponsored by Luma Coaching. Want some support to get your dreams off the ground? Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Wynne Charles, who was born with cerebral palsy and has defied the odds to becoming an author. Her memoir, I Win, is an amazing story of how she remembers her life through the years of having a condition called CP. Competing in the Kona Ironman Triathlon, Wynne Charles truly is an inspiration to many. Today, Wynne Charles is planning on touring the country and speaking to schools and institutions to raise awareness about cerebral palsy. She is also an advocate of veterans around the world. Okay, Wynne, that's only a little intro for everyone. So tell us about you and your own humble beginnings. Well, as Jody said, my own humble beginnings started out as a preemie with cerebral palsy. And um, today I happen to be turning 29, which is a miracle and a half. Because Happy birthday. Thank you. But that's a miracle and a half because, as I was explaining to someone this morning, I said, well, turning 30 will scare me half to death because I um, – I didn't think I was going to be able to see the tw- 28 or 29. I'm actually turning 28. I'm sorry. I second-guessed my own age here. And so I'm actually turning 28, not 29. But um, that being said, I thought I was never able to see those milestones. And so that's where I, um, that's my humble beginnings. My humble beginnings started out with cerebral palsy and a lot of love and a lot of commitment by other people to make me the woman who I am today. Mm, Amazing win. Truly an inspiration. Like Anna I just want to say happy, happy, happy birthday to you. And I'm so glad you're here with us. And you've clearly had success in your life. You've definitely gained confidence. But take us to a ba- back to a time when you were playing small. And you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. Well, my playing small moment was... When I, um, after losing my mom and losing my mom to a plain aneurysm, and I decided to write I, Ca- I Come a Win, which is my original biography. My plain small moment was not realizing how 
hard publishing a book can be. I don't do it anymore. I have a team that helps me, but um, I publish through Create Space. I didn't realize the editing process, the writing process, the everything. So my plain small moment, looking back on it, was um, publishing I Win. If I knew what I knew now, it would be a totally different memoir. Say more about that, Win. What, what do you mean it would have been a different memoir if you knew what you knew now? Well, it would have um, not come out as quickly as it did because it, um, even though... It, um, even though it is a wonderful memoir, it has its flaws in it, and I, um, I do admit that, and I wish that I had done a little bit of research on publishing a book before I published a book, to be honest with you, and that's God honest answer. And how was this your playing small moment? What was, what were, when you think back, what was it you were thinking you were doing that was playing small? Um, not listening to my heart and not getting the equipment I needed before, um, before doing it. Also, it's the same thing with the Kona Iron Man. I competed in the Kona Iron Man. I did not complete the Kona Iron Man because I didn't have the equipment. I wasn't given the option to pedal the bike. I wasn't given the option. I was given the option to support myself in the swim, but I wasn't given the option to um so I wasn't given the option to um pedal the bike and if I was given the option to pedal the bike I would uh, we would have finished the Kona Ironman oh wow okay so what I'm hearing you point to is something I know I myself and a lot of women do is when we're in a situation even though it doesn't feel right we don't know enough to question it you know, and authorities are telling us this is what you need to do. This is how it needs to be done. And even though our intuition is speaking to us and our heart is speaking to us and telling us, no, this isn't the way you want to go. This isn't the decision you, ma- you want to make. This isn't how you want to do this. Because other people who have more knowledge and authority on the subject are, te- are kind of like moving us along and trying to get us to, to make a decision yeah. and, you know, get going. We, we hold back. We don't question, we don't speak up and we just go along with what other people want us to do. And then we realize afterwards, if I had spoken up in that moment, things would have been a lot different. If I would have said, no, thank you. My memoir still wouldn't come out at the time it did, but it would have come out highly more polished than it did because what I did is I hired a good editor, but I don't think she's, I don't think she was um, professional enough for the quality book I wanted to produce. 
Mm, when that was a great example. Now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps that you took that led to your success. Well, my wake up call was um, after in 06, after June 15th, June 15th and 16th of 06. And because I had major, major, major back surgery on the 14th of June, I woke up on um, June 15th and said to the nurse, why am I here? What hospital is this? And they go, well, why is this 18 and a half year old at the time saying this? And... uh, they go, this is unbelievable that a young person is saying, why am I here? What hospital is this? And I remember the nurse calmly stating to me, this is Children's Hospital. You just had back surgery, unbeknownst to me. They let my spine go dead. Thank you very much. And they um, also gave me Propofol infusion syndrome, which a lot of people know that um, via the story of Michael Jackson. Milk, his milk is propofol and was, not is, but was. And I am the youngest person to survive propofol infusion syndrome. And that means your blood gets acidic and has allergic reaction to the anesthesia. And I am coming to find out that propofol infusion syndrome is very common. People being allergic to propofol itself is very common. So my um, second, my first wake-up call was um, being at being held up by a two physical therapists, one on either side of me because I had no body weight at the time, and this was on June 15th. Well, by the time they took me out of ICU into a normal room, I made the conscious decision that if I wasn't going to be able to walk on my own, I was going to take my anger out on a paintbrush and a notepad, and therefore I started my own digital art company. And what was the aha moment you had when? The aha moment is the day I lost my job, and the I dreamed up, <laughs> I dreamed up this con this concept in the hospital, but it came to fruition. Um, the day I lost my job, and yes, I have lost my job, and um, and at the time I was doing physical therapy, learning how to walk again and gracefully, and then the physical therapist said, you need to go see a psychologist. Well, my mom overheard that comment. She goes, no, you don't, and that was the... Um, aha moment that I needed to take my anger, not out on people, but out on a paintbrush and a notepad. 
So what I'm getting from this is that you had this horrible experience in the hospital. The syndrome, can you, the, that you described caused an allergic reaction, which made your spine go dead and you weren't able to walk. And it sounds like when you came to, you didn't even know where you were, why you were there. And after that, the part of the treatment to help you walk again and, you know, seeing a psychologist made you so angry about the experience and, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong and I could be reaching like you didn't want to be a victim to what happened to you and you got really pissed off about it. Correct. And people telling me that I needed to go see a psychologist, I just thought they were insane. (laughs) Okay. So out of that, you decided to become a writer. I decided to become an artist and then transfer that into writing. And so the steps you took that led to your success, what were those? Uh, Well, the um, moment I got home from that um, physical therapy appointment, I sat down at my computer and researched digital art. And that was my original company, Aspen Rose Arts, um, which people want me to get back to. But I have translated that onto a different canvas, the canvas of wording. (laughs) And so um, what led me to my success was um, researching and getting the tools in place and teaching myself how to do it. Awesome. Awesome, Wynn. Thank you for clarifying all of that. Now, what I want everyone to get is there's no one way to lead. And for everyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while, they know what I'm about to ask you. We're all different and we're going to lead differently. So Wynn, how would you describe your leadership style? I, my name is Wynn. I get what I want. My name is spelled W-I-N and people know that. And if Wynn doesn't get what she wants, she figured it out. <laughs> and so that's my leadership style. You have to figure it out. If it's not given to you, you have to figure it out. And you have to figure out how you're going to get housing. I'll figure out how you're going to make money. I'll figure out how you're going to write a book when you can't type. Or figure out how you're going to do artwork when you don't want to use oil paints. And um, and so you have to figure it out. What I'm hearing is you're a powerful combination of resilience and persistence. Oh, resilience <laughs> and persistence. That's the way I lead. I love and it. And people can suggest things to me. They have suggested things to me nine times out of ten. I take suggestions um, from women that know me really well and um, that also my dad. But those are the um, two people that I take suggestions from and that's it. The rest can go, the rest can help me, but they need to go scratch. (laughs) 
Mm. And you've already told us you, the lesson you've learned is to always listen to your heart, listen yeah. to your intuition. Yeah. And it sounds like you have that core group of people who know you, who love you, who understand you and understand not only who you are, but the vision you have for your life. So the suggestions they're likely to give will be more in line with what yes. you would choose for yourself yeah. too. Correct. That's beautiful. And what is one thing, I'm going to keep you to one thing because I know you have a lot going on. <laughs> what is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Well, I'm working on, as I said, I'm working on finishing up my YA novel series. I'm also working on going back to college. And I will eventually get my doctorate in special ed. Wow. Now, what called you to do that? Um, what called me to go back to college or what mm -hmm. called me to write a book? Ah, what called you to go back to college and special ed specifically? What called me to go back to college is I, this is my third stop and spelling the world this moment. I found out the other day and through all my publishing books, I found out the other day that Wynn doesn't know how to write uh, good about the author page. So I'm like, well, this is not um, this is not good. How am I supposed to be a New York Times bestselling author if I don't have the fundamentals in the education field, in the writing field, the actual writing, taking a class writing field. And so that's what called me to go back to college. Um, I started this journey in WA and I got the news um, uh, last week that um, I've been accepted. And so I'm pretty excited about that. Congratulations. Thanks. All right, Wynn. Now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice that you have that makes you a better leader? One practice that I have, I would say if I, um, if I can do it on a daily basis, I would say meditation and um, just leaving it up to the higher powers. I mean, the higher powers are basically putting this book and putting all these interviews and putting the opportunity to go back to college in front of me. Mm. Now, I know you've written a couple of books and you're going to continue, probably more, and you're continuing to write. But what is one book from another author that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? 20 Beautiful Women by Compilated by Saba Takis. I happen to be in the first one. But that book is all about overcoming and life um, challenges. And that book is beautifully done. And I was blessed enough to have that opportunity right after speaking at UVA, University of Virginia, last year. That opportunity get, be, um, came across my desk. And I... I think that's the most powerful book out there because it's all about overcoming. 
Nice. And knowing what you know now, if given a chance to go back and do anything differently, what would you change? Knowing what I know now, if given a chance to do something different, I would um, I would look at the traditional publishing industry and then I would also look at the um, self-publishing industry, but now I have a totally different light on the self-publishing industry. So what I'm hearing you say from the story you told earlier was that if you could go back, you would have been more educated heading into your first book to help guide you in the decisions exactly. that you needed to make. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Now, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Well, my my girlfriend came up with this one. I give a... I give my girlfriend, who also has cerebral palsy, who runs my company, Al Ying Yang. She's wonderful. And I give her this quote, and it's her quote, and it's, if you can dream it, you can live it. And that's Danielle Coulter's quote. She also has CP. She's also a published author by now. And so... That's why it has significant meanings to me, and that's um, how I stand. If you can dream these things, they'll um, figure out a way to manifest themselves. You figure it out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I love that. When you just are so authentic, you are who you are. Like there, You had a few running themes in this interview, and they showed up in every question. Um, and it really created for me a very clear picture of who you are and what you're trying to bring to the world. I would say one thing I, I would go back and in the moment asked you about a little bit more. So I'm going to do it right now is you're going back to college because you wanted to become a better writer and to teach. What, what drove you really to get your PhD in special needs because you could take a lot of courses on how to be a better writer and how to write a better about page. What's really driving you to go after your PhD? What's really driving me to go after my PhD, and this is going to make me cry, I was um, blessed enough until you can hear it in my voice, um, a huge lump in my skull. I was blessed enough to um, be brought up in a private school setting, mainstreamed as a non-disabled woman. And even though I couldn't, I could barely speak, they tell me I could speak, I could hold my own at the age of three. And now I have, now I have, since I've been through this incredible system myself, I have seen the system getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Now teachers don't know what to do with little Susie Q who walks in with autism or Down syndrome and they just want to put little Susie Q off in the corner and not deal with her. And so I want to mainstream my biggest wish 
is to mainstream these kids um, that don't get the opportunities that I got growing up. Mm. So opposed to having, you know, a strictly special needs room that these children learn in, they're integrated with all the yes. other students so that their opportunities yes. are that much because, more. Because um, the peers are your best um, role models. And if you want to teach a kid how to do something, just put it in front of the parents or the peers and then you'll see a major difference. Mm. And there have been some incredible stories out there about how having special needs children in the in the mainstream classrooms also teaches the other students tremendous compassion and patience and how to teach and learn and adapt. So I I love that when that's very inspirational. You are going to be an inspiration to all of your students and the parents. Um so Good luck to you and definitely keep us informed on how everything is going. And on that note, let it, what is the best way for everyone to connect with you? The best way is um, my website, which is also winchars.com. You can find my books. Just Google, just Google me and then you can find my website, also, you can connect to me on Facebook. I'm always on Facebook. And then just Google me, W-I-N, Charles, C-H-A-R-L-E-S. Also, win, W-I-N, C-H-A-R-L-E-S dot com. And you can find me there and connect to me on Twitter and do all that good stuff. Awesome. And you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. Win, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.